1: Welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology Segment. On today's episode, one of our listeners writes in and they have a great question. How did Jesus view wealth and poverty? What a fascinating question. And to answer this question, we need to the answer to the question, how did Jesus view wealth and poverty? It gets to the very heart of the identity of Jesus and further what the Bible teaches about poverty and wealth. And in considering the subject, we can say the following. Jesus was born in a manger as part of a, a part of a, perhaps a lower to a middle class family. Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was a carpenter. A trade later, adop- Jesus later adopted himself. At uh, the birth of Jesus' his parents, Joseph and Mary were poor enough to qualify to offer two pigeons at the birth purification ceremony rather than the usual yearling lamb. And during his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus attended and identified with the lower class, including the orphans, the prostitutes, the widows, and many other economic and social outcasts. In fact, in Matthew 8.20, Jesus declared, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Matthew 8.20 describes the life of Christ as no home, no land, and no regular income. And so Jesus borrowed a boat during his ministry from which to preach, food to multiply, a colt to ride, a room to- in which to meet and even a tomb in which to be buried so how did jesus view wealth and power in the gospels we see power and material wealth in the life and ministry of jesus in the following ways jesus frequently interacted with the religious leaders such as pharisees scribes and sadducees along with the sanhedrin members including nicodemus and joseph of arimathea The Lord Jesus ministered to influential and wealthy people, the rich young ruler, and the unnamed centurion and numerous tax collectors like Levi and Zacchaeus. Jesus attended public parties and feasts. He accepted invitations to dine with the rich and the powerful and used investment banking analogies to illustrate his parables. On one occasion, Jesus receives costly gifts from his followers. And so Jesus' example his teaching on poverty and wealth are wide-ranging, and the gospel writers use them to emphasize their spiritual impact in the life of the people to whom Jesus ministers. The people of God must care for the poor. Now, poverty is not presented as sinful in Scripture. Jesus, in his incarnation, was poor at times voluntarily so, and yet without sin. The Scriptures recognize the cause and effects of poverty to be oftentimes sinful. And Christians ought to work to alleviate involuntary poverty, for to do so is to be like Jesus. Jesus began His ministry quoting Isaiah 61.1 in Luke 4.18. And when God's people care for the poor, they imitate Him, and they effectively minister to the Lord. Such ministry to the poor is a depiction and a fulfillment of the redemption of Christ, which at its core aims to restore all things, including proper stewardship. While there will be voluntary poverty before the secondary coming of Christ, Christians should labor to meet the poor's needs in their community and their local churches. The other theme we see in Jesus' ministry is that wealth can be a stumbling block to coming to Jesus Christ. Christians should be on guard against all material wealth. And when wealth is not idolized, then ministering to the poor becomes a means for biblical stewardship. We see this in Jesus' interaction with the rich young ruler in Matthew 19.23. Jesus was not speaking about the evils of material wealth, but evaluating the rich young ruler's character who showed he valued material wealth above his own need for the Lord. Jesus' teaching also demonstrates that wealth may be a stumbling block to knowing him, and when the disciples followed Jesus, they voluntarily left their material goods to follow him, which is a prerequisite for all followers of Jesus today. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, we find um, examples of individuals for whom wealth was an issue. The Pharisees were lover of money Luke 16:14 says the money changers in the temple in Matthew 21:12 through 13 Judas Iscariot in Matthew 26:14 through 16. And now Jesus isn't prohibiting the the enjoyment or the accumulation of material goods. Jesus benefited himself from others' wealth and instructed his disciples to use material goods for spiritual pursuits. Wealthy individuals like Zacchaeus and Joseph of Arimathea, they followed Jesus. Others, including uh, the Gerasene Demon Act, all desired to follow Jesus, but they were prohibited from doing so by Jesus. And and the warning of Jesus about wealth uh, being a stumbling block is a sober reminder to the people of their ultimate allegiance to him and where our true treasure and worship belong. Throughout the centuries, Christians have recognized uh, that although the law is laid out in great detail in the first five books of the Bible, Bible readers find a summary of it in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commands offer a practical ways to express gratitude to the Lord and for salvation. And as we consider the Ten Commandments, we may believe that they're all different from each other, but this isn't true. Theologians note that, that one of the forbidden sins is the root of all evil, is covetousness. In fact, John Owen, commenting on Hebrews 135 5-6, remarks that covetousness is an inordinate desire to enjoy more money than we have, or than God is pleased to give. Covetousness includes inordinate desires for anything the people of God do not have, and so it's easy to see how this sin leads to all the others, such as when ungodly desires for people other than one's spouse lead to adultery, and coveting another's wealth leads to theft. Desire, power, and proceeds leads to idolatry, lies, murder, and other sins. So one of the critical points from Hebrews 135 6 that we can make is that we're to be content with what the Lord has given us and be free from the love of money. Money is not bad itself, but the desire to have more than the Lord has given us is what causes all kinds of wickedness. Covetousness can become one of the things in our lives that causes us to stumble in our walk with the Lord, and be disqualified from the race of faith. In his mercy, the Lord has given uh, the people of God the warning in Hebrews thirteen five through 6 for a reason of cultivating perseverance in the saints, the people of God. In Hebrews thirteen five through 6 it not only provides the warning to Christians, but it also gives the remedy to, the, to be content with what we have. After all, a great salvation has been given to the people of God, and eternal life is all that the people of God genuinely need. And furthermore, Christians need to be reminded that the Lord will never leave them, and so they should never fear, since the Lord is our helper. Dear Christian, today are you content with whatever material possessions you have? Are you thankful, dear Christian, for the spouse you have? Are you coveting another's uh, spouse or their material possessions? In prayer today, ask the Lord to reveal those things that you covet, and then take practical steps to avoid the covetousness by finding accountability, avoiding those temptations that tempt you, and giving up those things you have acquired via covening. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today.